Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. Today, I get to share my testimony. This time. Oh, this is awesome, Steve. We're excited to hear your story and dive into it. Yeah, so we are going to have a instructional how to give a testimony because it's it's something that all of us who have encountered our Lord need to know how to do. And there's certainly different types for different scenarios and situations, right? You have sometimes you have the 30 seconds with someone you just need to share your quick story. Yeah. Sometimes you might have it, more time where it becomes a conversation. Sometimes you might be giving it as a presentation, as as part of a talk. So I'm going to give a what I think will be a five minute version that could be adapted either way, and then and then we'll just see what what happens next. If you guys have questions, I'm I'm an open book, so we can certainly talk about anything in my life and how the Lord has and is working um, to help help make me the same that he created me to be. Love it. Let's go. All right, so I always start in the action, so I'm just going to jump in. It was a hot summer day in Juarez, Mexico. Juarez is on the other side of the border from El Paso, Texas. It had to have been over 100 degrees that summer day, but we as a group were standing in the dark. It was a cool, dark, one-bedroom house made out of cinder blocks that we had just built. Two windows, a door, and a roof, no plumbing, no electricity, and a family of six was about to move in. And we were giving the keys of this new home to the family. And with the four kids huddled around their mom's legs, um, the dad was out at work, so grandma was there. I handed the mom the keys as I was translating for this group of Americans who had spent all week building this house. And, And I gave her the keys and through tears, she grabbed my hands and then grabbed my face both hands on either cheek and looked into my eyes through her tears and said, eres un ángel de, del cielo, you know, uh, you're an angel sent from God. And, and I thought, gosh, she couldn't be more wrong. Rewind a year. And I found myself moving on to the campus of Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado, go Rams. And I grew up um, probably the, the typical definition of a lukewarm Catholic. We certainly went to Mass and we did all the things. I was an altar server, but I, I certainly had never used the words relationship with Jesus Christ once in my life ever. I, I had no idea that was a thing or what it meant. We had rosaries on the wall, but we didn't know how to pray them. And we had statues of strangers in our house, and I didn't know who they were of or what they were for either. And so I stepped foot onto campus with this new sense of, of freedom. I get to do what I want, when I want, with whomever I want, and no one cares. Professors don't care if I go to class or not. My friends don't care if I come home or not. I, I just was finally free. And I remember the first week of school, I went out every single night to a party and, and was drinking and doing all the things. And it got to a pretty low point where I knew I needed a change. I I needed some kind of reset button. I don't know if you guys have ever had that before, but I needed to hit reset. And the Lord led me to either Juarez, Mexico or the Marine Corps. My dad was a Marine. His dad was a fighter pilot who died just after World War II in a plane crash. And I had always been drawn towards the military. Well, the Lord brought me to Juarez. And it was in Juarez that I encountered Jesus Christ, the person of Christ, through the poor, through their love, through their hope, through their joy. I still didn't know how to enter into that relationship or how to live that out, but I knew 
who he was, and I knew he was real. Afterwards, I came back to CSU and walked through the doors of the Newman Center. And many of you might have Newman Centers or camping centers wherever you go to school. And I walked through mine, and it was an old 1970s musty building with the same 15 to 20 students hanging out every Tuesday night for TNT. And I just thought, this is great, but there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this. Well, it was then that a friend who had come down to Juarez with a group of young college students with this group called Focus called me up and said, hey, there's this conference in Denver. I'm coming down. You're up in Fort Collins. Why don't you come down? So I called my mom and I said, hey, mom, there's this Catholic thing. Like, will you pay for it? And she said, absolutely. How much do you need? So I called my buddy and I said, hey, I need a wingman. Let's go. And so we jumped in my bright red 1995 Jeep Wrangler with the top down and drove from Fort Collins to Denver for my very first focus conference. And I wish I could say I had this super uh, profound encounter and experience with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. I didn't. It was my first time in adoration. I had no idea what was going on. What year was that? This was 2004. I saw people lying on the floor, kneeling, crying, praying, laughing, hugging. I sat down in the back corner of the room leaned against the wall, slid down as I crouched down, said in our father and uncomfortably got up and left. But what I walked away with guys was this encounter of young people who were on fire with their faith, who knew their faith, who wanted to share their faith. And they were normal people. And I put myself in that normal category at the time. They were, they were just like me. And I thought, gosh, this, this is what I've been looking for. And so I came back to Fort Collins and I said, Hey, we need, we need this thing called focus. And they said, what's focus? And I said, I have no idea, but I just saw the faith lived out in a way that I've never experienced before. And I need it. I want more of it. Focus ended up coming and the rest is kind of history. I joined a Bible study, joined discipleship, started leading a Bible study, started discipling other guys, met my wife who was a focus missionary. The second year missionaries were there. We got married in 2007. We've been married for 15 years. We adopted our son uh, back in 2010, and in a large part due to focus, the missionaries gathered together and ran a 5K at the new staff training to raise money to help us pay for our adoption. And so I owe my faith, my family, um, and and my future just to, to focus in a lot of ways because it was through the missionaries, through the students, through that group down in Juarez all those years ago that um, was willing to make an invitation to me that I could come to know Jesus to know not only about him, but to know him, to understand this idea of a prayer life, to live sacraments on a regular basis, and to allow Jesus to come into every corner of my life and to live that out to, to the fullness. And so I think that's just my invitation to you all now. If, if, you, if you don't know the Lord in that personal relationship way that I didn't, there's so much more to our faith. If you're listening to this right now and you think, gosh, well, Steve, I go to Mass on Sundays. Isn't that good enough? It's a great start. But Jesus wants so much more from you and for you. And that's what I invite you into is, is to consider what that relationship with Christ looks like and, and how you can become a part of it. All right, guys, so that's, uh, that's my story in kind of a nutshell. Isn't it amazing when you look back and you think of God's God's just hand in our life. Like, why? Why did you go to Juarez? Mm-hmm. Was it just to pick up better Spanish? Like, what was the, what was the motive? That's a great question. Well, I'd gotten to a point, and I kind of alluded to it, where it was a pretty dark place in my life, right? So I was partying like crazy. I knew I was living a life that that I wasn't made for. 
And I knew that. I, I, I knew enough to know the path I was on wasn't a good one, that it was this path leading to destruction, right? It's the narrow and the wide path, and the narrow one is hard and fewer on it, but it leads to greatness and to righteousness. I was on the wide path that was easy and leads to destruction. That's where I was headed. I knew in my, in my core that if I stayed on that path, I would go to hell. You know, I just, I just knew that. And it wasn't necessarily this fear of hell. It was also this desire for more. And so I knew I needed to get out of my current situation. I had to get away from the friends that I had. I was playing rugby. Rugby is a, a crazy party culture. Mm-hmm. I had to get away from that. I had to get away from the friends. I certainly wasn't studying. So I was already away from that. But I just had to kind of press pause on, on everything else in order to hit reset on what mattered most. So Again, I, at the time, I didn't know it was this spiritual experience I needed. I was looking at the Marine Corps. I was a signature away. I went into the recruiting office and took the tests, and they said, this is what we would have you do, sign here. And I had the pen in my hand and the tip of the pen on the piece of paper, and I was about to sign. I said, you know, I just need a day. Can you give me a day? And that's when I went and met with the people uh, about Crazy. where I was. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that what else? Yeah, what would have happened? Who knows, right? If you would have signed and gone to the Marine Corps, God can still work in your life. But yeah. that, I, I think you call that actual grace, right? Where, yeah. where God's intervening in your life and tugging on you and, and, and telling you that, hey, there's something more. You're not sure what's going on right now. And then you made this decision not to encounter Christ at Juarez, but just, you, just to just get to away. Step, right? I just needed to get away. And God took that and he blasted yeah. you. And totally. I think it's just amazing. Not not all of us have powerful moments like you did in Juarez, where she's got your face in her hands, mm-hmm. right? Necessarily, but uh, but God still uses those special moments. So what a gift! Yeah, that was awesome. I'm super grateful that you shared it with us, Steve. I um, and even just to take a step back, I mean the so this type of episode has been requested from us. We I want to give a shout out to Joe Moran down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, and I think that this is such an important, it's a skill that we need to practice. And yep. Steve, I think you did a wonderful job. I love that you started in the story. Um, I felt, yeah, kind of sucked into what was happening right away. But even to take a step further back from that, I think we need to have our story down. And mm-hmm. I, I love that we're talking about this because, you know, our culture is so relativistic and very godless in a lot of ways. And I love that you gave the range. Like a testimony can be as simple as one sentence, right? Jesus Christ radically transformed my life. Yep. That's, that's a testimony. Um, or it can be as long as five minutes like you just did for us. But I think for us to know without a doubt the ways that, that we can remember that the Lord has acted in our lives um, and to be looking for opportunities to share that, not in a weird way. You know, we're not, you, you didn't get up on a corner and, you know, shake the Bible at, at strangers and stuff. It was in the context of you're sharing this with friends and people that are that are listening to us. But um, I think this is such an antidote for a lot of the problems in the world today because nobody can argue with your story, right? Steve, no one can say, Nope, God didn't work in your life. That was all fake. You must have just been smoking some stuff down in, in Mexico or uh, maybe it was just the, the the hormones in your head or whatever. But I just think for us as men to say, no, nope, I actually know that the Lord has worked in my life in these ways. And I can share that with you in a couple minutes. Yep. It's just a skill that we've all got to practice. You know, what I think is so powerful about a testimony, yes, it's it, for the recipient to hear it, right? There's power there. And, and I, I go back to the woman at the well, she had this crazy encounter with our Lord and then ran back to the town. And it was from her story that people came to believe. And so in scripture, we, we see this, that it is the recipient of the testimony. But Brock, you make a great point that we as, as Christians, especially those who, who, of us who have encountered him in a deep, personal, profound way, to reflect on that 
is so powerful mm-hmm. for our spiritual journey to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to yep. sit back and I'm going to, I'm going to look at my life and to see where you intentionally encountered me. And for me, mm-hmm. it was, it was part Juarez. It was at that conference through other young people. It was through the Bible studies and the scripture studies and discipleship of the missionaries who loved me on campus. Shout out to Denny Brem and Adam Ibarra, the original missionaries oh, at Colorado State who who loved <laughs> me, who met me where I was, who wasn't afraid of my sin and and wanted to encounter me, Steve, the person, the brother, and to help me get to know Christ in that deep radical way. But it is so important for us to go through this testimony, and I think for those two reasons. One, for our own interior reflection, mm-hmm. so that we can yes. be reminded, Thomas, as you said, how God has been present. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we think, gosh, God, where are you? Where have you been? I'm suffering. I'm struggling. I keep falling into sin. Where are you? And to reflect back on where he has been, where he has showed up, is such a good reminder for us. Mm-hmm. And then two, as Brock just said, to be able to to share that with anyone, to know our story. And if we don't know it, when someone, when someone walks up to you and says, so you're a Christian or you're a Catholic, you just did, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The triduum, you know, you just did, you went to mass every single day for like four days. Like, why did you do that? And if we're not ready to share our story, which Paul says, be ready to share your story. Be ready to proclaim the truth and the goodness of Christ. And if we don't know our story, we won't be ready when that moment comes. So, amen. There was a uh, part in your story. Now, I, there's, there's guys that listen to this podcast that are not on a college campus. And I don't know the depth of faith of all our listeners. So maybe there's a guy out there that's, that stumbled upon this podcast and ha- had a Juarez moment mm-hmm. like you did, but he's yeah. not on a campus. And he walks into yep. a parish and there's not a lot of guys his age. <laughs> Um, what would you say, cause you jumped in, thankfully at a Newman center with 15 people, at least, but then you had guys reaching but, out to yeah, you, right? Focus and, did show up. Yeah. So what about the guy in the parish? That's just, that she's a lot of limp, yeah. limpness, not a lot of life, <laughs> right? Like what would you say to them? That's a great question, Thomas. I mean, this is an analogy that Curtis has shared with focus missionaries for years that, um, think about going camping and one of the best parts of camping is sitting around the campfire. And when we look at that, that campfire, it's, it could be a blazing fire. Hopefully it's a blazing fire. I always build my fires really big when I'm camping. I don't know why. I just love Unless it. Unless there's a know? red flag. Like I want big flames in my <laughs> camping fire. And, uh, but if you take one of those logs out, the rest could still be a raging fire, but that log pretty quickly will actually yeah, die right. out. Right. Well, it'll immediately lose the flame. And then those hot embers around the edge of that log are going to die out pretty quickly. And I think so often we experience that. We feel like we're that log all alone. We're trying to be on fire, but it's, it's just not happening. And the first thing, Thomas, that I would say is let's, let's not create bigger expectations than, than are real um, in our life, in our situation. So if you go to a parish, let's not think there needs to be 20 Bible studies going on here in a men's group of 200 people overnight. Let's, let's, let's not jump it. The Lord wants that, and maybe he's calling you to help get there. But I think the first thing is can, can we find two other guys, three other guys that we can create this bonfire with that, that we're not alone and, and maybe those guys are in the neighborhood. Maybe they already go to that parish. Maybe they're from your workplace. Maybe they're from your adult softball team that you've been playing on for years. Who knows where those guys are? But I promise you, God has put one, two, or three guys in your life that you can run with. Now, 
I love that. And I know Brock wants to jump in here. So I'll just one quick follow up. I wonder, Steve, if and Brock, if if you don't know, say it's the guys in your softball team and it's not a Catholic league and you don't know where they're at. That's a great opportunity to, to just share a little bit of that testimony. It's kind of like throwing a worm in the water and seeing if those guys are also, you know, if there's some itch in their heart. Yeah. too so that might be a, an yeah. opportunity as well yeah i mean it's a it's such an easy question it's hard to say but it's easy uh what what do people smart smarter people than me say it's simple it's not easy but it's simple um i remember golfing with my neighbors um and i had no idea where they stood faith-wise zero clue but we had been playing golf at you know regularly for a month or two just nine holes, but we would walk. And so we'd get to mix up who we talked to. And I'd always just ask each one of them when we, we were walking down the fairway, Hey, did you ever grow up with a faith? Simple question. You're not That's asking good. them about their current state of life. You're not asking them if they go to church or what church you're not asking them what they believe. It's a very low pressure. It's just <clears throat> looking at the past. Hey, did you grow up with a faith? If they're like, yeah, I did. I actually grew up Methodist or whatever. Well, then it's an easy question. Oh, do you still go to church now? You could you could continue into that that question, and that's a very easy way just to find out like where that, yeah. guys are. And if you just ask a couple guys that, you're gonna find uh, one or one or more who are like, yeah, I grew up Catholic. Oh, do you do you still go to you know mass now? I'm Catholic. Most likely, you're gonna you're gonna hear that they're not. I think I shared this story in an earlier podcast. I was uh, loading a plant. It's a big green plant. I'm looking at it right now in my living room. And my wife wanted it. And I was loading it into my truck. And this guy and this, this, his wife walked by. And they're like, hey, don't forget to exercise exercise, exercise right. that plant. And I was like, yeah, I've got some holy water over here. And he's <laughs> like, no, I just meant move the leaves around. <laughs> and then he saw my shirt. It was a Benedictine shirt. And he's like, um, Benedictine, huh? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I got my MBA there. My wife went there. He's like, you guys Catholic? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we are too. And so it could be as simple as just wearing something that starts a conversation. Um, and guess what? That guy got into a small group at our parish of men because he was looking for something. Sweet. So mm-hmm. actually, we went golfing uh, between those two. I was like, well, let me get your number. I, you know, do you like to golf? And we went and played around a golf and he joined a, a men's group at the parish. So all sorts of ways that God can use us to reach other men. Yep. And I know that's kind of off topic of the testimony, but, but it is me being ready in that moment to be able to feel no, comfortable that's, that's talking whole, about that's, faith. That's part of the point, right? Which gets there. Yeah. You can order the man, your man Catholic podcast t-shirt too. No, you can't. We don't have <laughs> yeah, those yet. But we we got to make those first. <laughs> Brock, you got something. Um, no, I, I wanted to share too, to answer your question, Thomas, like if you show up to a parish or a Newman center and there's just nothing going on, I, I really wanted to put forth before you do anything, to just beg Jesus Mm -hmm. to bring men into your life that are going to help you be the man that you want to be, that God wants you to be. Um, I think it's, I think sometimes we, you you hit it perfectly, Steve. Sometimes we just overcomplicate it and make it less simple than it should be. But the fact of the matter is that God created us and he knows that he created us in his image and likeness, which means that we're made for communion. We're made for intimate relationship with other persons. And he knows that if we're lonely and we're trying to do this faith thing by ourselves, it's going to be a lot harder. He knows that the logs lose their flame when they get separated. And so I think to before you even do anything to approach your good and loving father and say, father, give me some men 
raise them up, put them in my life that they may help me become the saint that you've created me to be. And you may pray that prayer for a month, six months, a year before people start to, to show up. But I promise you, if we're praying that prayer, it'll become clear as day who the Lord is bringing into your life. And then as Steve said, the, the testimony is a great way to start planting seeds and, and making invitations and, and letting people know where you stand, the kind of life that you want to build, the kind of man that you want to be. And so I just, I wanted to share that to answer your question, Thomas, that if you show up and you're looking for other guys, whether it's in a parish or at a Newman center, if there's nothing going on, beg our father, beg Jesus, beg the Holy spirit to bring men into your life. And it, it will happen because that is part of the Lord. And he will. And Brock, you make a great point. I mean, a lot of times we think let's, let's go to the parish and put in an order for new friends in a men's group and it or a Newman Center it just doesn't work like that but if we beg the Lord Lord I want to be a disciple of yours I want to live my life for you and differently and radically and I need other guys to do this he will put them in your life just look around open your eyes if you work out in the gym start talking to guys in the gym if you work in a big office place start talking to guys in the office place if you're on a softball team start talking to those guys if you like golf start inviting your neighbors and friends golfing because you get two and a half to five hours whether nine or 18 holes to just talk to guys um and we've got to just start doing that and the lord will show up i promise you great point brock guys that is it for my testimony and today i we are excited we get to hear from thomas and brock and their testimonies coming up and then we are going to maybe have an instruction on on a little bit deeper of how to give a testimony so that you can start thinking about that as well. And, Thanks for sharing, yeah. Steve. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. That's it for the Man Catholic Podcast. We'll catch you next time. God bless. <laughs>